wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What a difference one week can make. I kicked off WrestleRant Radio one week ago discussing the postponement of the upcoming 007 No Time to Die movie, which I was really looking forward to and was bummed that it was being bumped from April to November, and also the potential impact and effect that the coronavirus could have on WrestleMania 36, if any at all. But I think it's safe to say that one week later, we are in far deeper waters than we were one week ago. I mean, hell, look how much has changed in the last 48 hours alone. It's unbelievable. This is really, truly unprecedented in terms of um, how much of an impact the coronavirus has had so far on the entire globe, the nation, and everyone else in the world. It's really, it's spreading faster than anyone could have ever expected, first of all. And the amount of, you know, the, the major impact it's had on sports organizations, entertainment, really everywhere in the world, people are dying from this thing. And again, I talked about last week how I kind of felt it was blown, it, it was somewhat blown out of proportion due to how the swine flu, we had that over a decade ago. I actually had that at the time. And a lot of people I knew had the swine flu and no one, no one I knew died, but a lot of people died from it, a decent amount. Um, I think many more people are expected to die from the coronavirus due to it just being a more serious condition and also due to the fact that it's more serious than the flu. And not only that, but we also currently have no vaccine. So that's also an issue. But what started in China has made its way all around the world with more and more confirmed cases by the day in every single state, every single country. Nowhere is exempt so far from the coronavirus. And it's scary stuff, I'm not going to lie. But the impact specifically that it has had on WrestleMania, as of this recording, is still very much up in the air. It could change by the time this goes up. um, By the time I'm done recording, something could change. By the time you listen to this on early Friday morning, this could change. Saturday, Sunday, next Monday. Um, At last word, I've heard a lot of conflicting reports. Um, Nothing that's untrue, but from various people, from the governor of Florida, I believe it said that they were suggesting that all major events, whether it be sports, entertainment, what have you, consider postponing their events, canceling them. If it's anything more than 250 people, I believe is the base number. Um, I saw that New York City was using the number 500, but I think Florida is the number, as many other as many other states you know, have that same number, is 250. Any other social gatherings that feature more than 250 people are strongly being recommended to close, cancel, postpone, what have you. As of right now, WrestleMania 36 is still very much on. Um, again, I, th- there's so many things I've read today. It's, it's been really a long day, a crazy day for everyone. Um, you log on to social media and you see something else being delayed or canceled. It, it's, um, it's amazing. Again, it's unprecedented. And I say amazing, but it really is scary at the same time because we've never seen anything like this ever in anyone's lifetime that's currently alive anyway. This is unbelievable. 
in terms of the impact that it's had on the entire nation and the world as a whole, as far as how many things are being um, canceled and postponed and whatnot. And I spoke about it last week, how, you know, maybe the media has something to do with it. And, you know, part of me still believes that to a certain extent, but it absolutely should be taken seriously. Wash your fucking hands first and foremost. Um, If you really want to avoid getting the coronavirus, wash your fucking hands. Make sure you are, you know, not touching anything like railings. Like, for example, we were in New York City last Saturday for the big event. Had a great time. I'm really happy that we went when we did. And don't get me wrong, I have plenty of other events lined up that I was looking forward to going to, including, but not limited to, the Northeast Wrestling Show on March 27th, I believe, will very likely get canceled. Especially with that being like their WrestleMania type event. It's like the biggest show they have all year. That'll very likely be canceled. I think they're going to come to a conclusion about that early Friday morning. Um, No official word on that, but the XFL season has officially been canceled. The regular season is over. The defenders end the season as 3-2. and So my, my defenders end the season strong. I believe they won the Big East or whatever the hell it is. But in all seriousness, the XFL has been canceled. They just can't catch a break. They're almost as cursed as Samoa Joe. And the season was going well. I caught a number of games. I was looking forward to being at the game at um, uh, MetLife Stadium, which I had a bad experience at about a year ago for WrestleMania. Not getting there or being there, but rather leaving there. That was a nightmare. But Alexis and I and her family were planning on driving, going there, enjoying the game. I've really enjoyed what I've seen so far from the XFL. But as of a few hours ago, not even from the time I'm recording this on Thursday night, the XFL, as far as the 2020 season goes, is no more. And yeah, they said they were hoping to put on a bigger and better 2021 season and delivering a full season next year. We don't even know if there is going to be a next season. I mean, there wasn't a second season the first time around. So what, I mean, yeah, it's been more critically acclaimed and stuff like that this time around, but Vince is already losing so much money on the XFL. What makes you think for a fact that we are definitely getting an XFL in 2021? I mean, that's beyond our concerns right now. That That's If that's your biggest concern, then I think we have issues, but it is worth mentioning. So I was going to be that game. That's officially off. So we got to get a refund for that. I was not going to be at WrestleMania, and I feel for anyone planning to go out to Tampa this year. Now, again, WrestleMania, as of this recording, is not currently canceled. But honestly, as I said on Wednesday night, within a half an hour, (laughs) I mean, it really started. I mean, it's it's been going on for a while now, but like that half an hour during Dynamite on Wednesday, which... Again, I don't know how long I'm going to be talking about the coronavirus on today's show, but probably most of it, just because it dominates, it affects wrestling to a large extent, but the timing could not be worse with WrestleMania coming up in three weeks from this coming Sunday. So it was that one half hour on social media on Wednesday that included Trump saying that there will be travel bans to and from Europe, excluding the United Kingdom, um, starting Friday. So there was that. Um, Tom Hanks was also revealed, and his wife were also revealed to have, uh, uh, you know, have had the coronavirus. They've uh, contracted the coronavirus, so that sucks. And then what was the third thing? Oh, the NBA postponed their entire season. The NHL followed suit. MLB is postponing their opening day. I'm not sure if the entire season is off, um, but uh, it, it's crazy. March Madness has been canceled. The NC triple, uh, the NCAA tournaments have been canceled for this month and probably for the month of April. I'm not exactly sure how that stuff works. I'm not a big sports guy, but it's it's not looking good. That is absolutely terrible. For WWE specifically, I mean, again, this is a wrestling podcast. I'll talk in depth about how this will affect WWE and other wrestling promotions, but it's terrible. 
It's absolutely terrible. This is a nightmare situation for everyone involved. And again, I, I absolutely understand the precautions being made just to be safe. Um, I'm not saying if you go to a WWE show, if you went to Raw on Monday, that you were going to contract the coronavirus. Not saying that at all. Is this being taken a little too seriously? You can never be too safe, for one thing. Um, after what's, you know, after being, you know, a- after seeing what's going on right now over in Italy and other parts of the world, the United States, I, from what I can tell, is trying to nip this thing in the bud while they can. Maybe not find a vaccine, but isolate the people who currently have it, which is more than you might think. It's only going to go up from here. The symptoms aren't deadly, but they might be for younger people, older people, people that already have health issues, that have weak immune systems, stuff like that. That's an issue. It's not going to wipe out all of civilization. So don't, I mean, again, I'm no, I'm no scientist, but from my um, understanding, that's that's the uh, what we're dealing with here with the coronavirus. So it's nothing I don't think to be afraid of, but it absolutely should be taken seriously when you see all these, you know, celebrities, people on social media saying, wash your goddamn hands. Take it. Take that advice and, and do it. Wash your hands. Ensure that you don't get sick, that you don't get anyone else sick. It, it's bad out there right now. It's really, really bad. So um, there is a very good chance that most of the population could get sick when this thing is all, you know, said and done. And maybe six months from now, we look back on this and say, hey, we overreacted. What a joke. Nothing really came of this. A lot of deaths and hospitalizations are coming out of Italy right now. So again, it's not like it's not happening. It's not like this is all just one giant hoax. You could take your tinfoil hat off. And in my opinion, this is something to not be taken lightly. As far as WWE is concerned, a few different notes here. As far as wrestling on the whole, actually, WrestleMania, I'll address in a moment, but uh, first and foremost, SmackDown tomorrow night has been moved from Detroit, Michigan to the Performance Center on Friday night. Jeff Hardy slated the return. John Cena will be there. So very interested to see how that plays out. We'll be watching live. I was actually planning on watching the Ring of Honor pay-per-view and uh, the 18th anniversary show from Las Vegas because Ring of Honor did say like a day ago, they said either on Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe it was yesterday, that they were planning to do the uh, show as has you know as they originally intended to. And then all this other shit came out about all these other sports organizations canceling and postponing their tours, events, seasons, everything. And then Ring of Honor's like, eh, it may not be the best idea after all. So that pay-per-view is no more. I have no idea what they're doing. New Japan, it really all started with them um, in the wrestling world. It started with stardom. It started with um, New Japan. I talked all about this on hashtag AskGSM just yesterday, actually. And even then, we did not know as much as we do now. And people were bringing up the idea, oh, will they run empty arena shows? And I said, probably not, but it looks like they might have to. WWE, I think, is in the clear here because they have the Performance Center. So if they have to cancel, if they have to cancel all their upcoming house shows, and I mean house shows are done. I mean if the house shows off, then you're not. I mean you're getting your money back, but that that's it. Like you'll just get either a refund or a free ticket for when they go back there later on this year. I mean it happens for the live shows. It seems like the same thing, but they're moving those shows to the performance center. I don't know if they're inviting fans in or just essential staff. That's what the report kind of made it sound like. I'm not exactly sure, but can they continue to do this for every week leading up to WrestleMania if they still host WrestleMania? I think WWE comes out of this looking really, really bad if they don't call off WrestleMania. There's people that come from all around the world to see the show of shows in person. 
um, not just Europe, but from everywhere. People that have already canceled their trips because they're afraid of contracting the coronavirus, or already have the coronavirus, or afraid of it spreading, or whatever, getting stuck here, which is also a very good possibility. You don't want to have that happen. Um, and I'll talk more about my experience with this whole thing in a moment, not just the XFL game being canceled and I was, the fact that I was supposed to be at that. But, um, you know, with WrestleMania, like, they, they got to take action here. I think the thought was, oh, we'll address the situation as it gets closer. They've already canceled E3. The biggest gaming convention in the world has already been canceled, and that takes place in June. Now, I think that's jumping the gun a little bit, but hey, you listen, it's coming up in three months. They want to just be safe, and they would rather cancel in advance as opposed to fucking 24 hours out like Ring of Honor. It's not Ring of Honor's fault, because no one knew about the about the coronavirus. No one knew what we knew now about the disease and the um, you know fast-spreading illness, so it's not really their fault. But with WrestleMania, they, I think they have to take action and cancel it sooner rather than later. Maybe not necessarily cancel it, but postpone it for either later on in April or May or June. Again, the entire month of April might be off of, uh, might be out of the question. You know, there are seasons that were supposed to start in April, and they've already announced we're not doing it. At least not right now. So April might not even be in the question at the moment. It may have to be made. It may have to be June. It may, they might have to combine WrestleMania and SummerSlam into one as WrestleSlam or SummerMania. Either way, it doesn't look like it's happening in early April, and honestly, I don't think it should. If all these other events are being canceled, Vince McMahon's motto of, oh, the show must go on is absolute bullshit. I know in his mind, we joke all the time like the guy would have to be on his deathbed to not run WrestleMania, even though he probably would find a way to do it anyway. But in this case, a lot more than just a handful of people would be affected, especially with wrestling fans and their lack of hygiene. Trust me, I've been to a ton of wrestling shows. Not to say that I'm perfect, but Jesus fucking Christ, take a shower, people. I'm not saying all wrestling fans, but there's definitely a portion of fans that have some of the worst body odor I've ever smelled in my entire life. Um, I do not trust those people to wash their hands as diligently as they should. So, thankfully, I'm not going this year, but I feel for anyone that was supposed to be there. Again, I'll get more into wrestling. I have just a lot to say about everything coronavirus-related right now. But when it comes to WrestleMania, I think they have to cancel. I really do. I said last week that, oh, there's no chance. It probably won't, blah, blah, blah. But again, a lot has changed in the last 48 to 24 hours alone. It's absolutely insane. So, uh... With WWE already taking the proper precautions by moving their SmackDown show to the Performance Center, I would assume they'll move every episode of Raw and SmackDown to the Performance uh, to the Performance Center moving forward. NXT show actually had nothing to do with the coronavirus. Um, they were already slated to air live from um, the Performance Center because I guess Full Sail was already busy with something else. It was like Awards Week or whatever. So they had to go to the Performance Center anyway, and it kind of served as a test for what it's going to look like for SmackDown on Friday. I mean, granted, NXT is a lot different from SmackDown. I'm sure Jeff Hardy wasn't envisioning himself returning in front of a crowd of 10 people at the Performance Center. So we're going to see. Again, that's not anyone's biggest concern. Is SmackDown being held at the PC? Who really cares? It's one show. But I think it's going to be more than one show. I think Raw will be canceled. I think the MSG show from New York City in a couple weeks, which I wasn't supposed to be at anyway, I think that's going to be canceled, the whole New York City um, taking this thing very seriously, as everyone should be. For me personally, as I've said several times here on the show before, including last week, I believe, 
I was supposed to fly out to Disneyland tomorrow, to Anaheim, California for the first time. I've been to San Fran before, never Anaheim, never before been to Disneyland, very excited. Of course, the fourth time ever, the third or fourth time ever that the park closed was right before I was about to go. So I was going to cancel my flight anyway after hearing everything that I did on Wednesday because I was asked multiple times on Wednesday afternoon, are you still going? What's your plan? Um, just be careful, blah, blah, blah. And I said, listen, if the, park's open, if the park's open, I'm still going. But then Wednesday night came. I saw Dynamite didn't really care too much about the show, although it was a, it was a solid show. And then I heard the news about the NBA. I heard the news about the travel ban and like, oh, shit, like this is really happening. This This is real. This is real. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's not all that smart to be going to California at this point. Um, if I could, if I can get a refund, we should definitely not go. Postpone it for another time. I didn't know if I could. I didn't, I didn't know if I would get my money back. I'm actually still in the process of doing that at the moment. But what I did this morning was I called United, which I have my flight through, was able to get it switched from tomorrow to July. Now, the hotel is still an issue. I have to go through Priceline, and they've just been a nightmare to deal with. It's just, and right, I mean, I understand, understandably so. Because there's a lot of panic people out there, right? You know, there's a lot of panic people out there right now trying to get their money back. I totally get it. Um, it might take about a day. I was supposed to fly in tomorrow, so hopefully I can still get my money back. But um, it's just an entire issue. So, anyway. Um, I will not be going to Disneyland. I will not be going to California. I will not be uh, flying out anywhere anytime soon. I will not be going to the XFL game that's already been canceled. The NEW show was the next thing I had on my docket of things to attend. That will likely be canceled as well. Um, I was looking forward to going to the AEW Dynamite show in Boston. Now, granted, that's a month away. But like I said before, they've already canceled things that are in June at this point. May, June already. So it wouldn't surprise me to find out that that show has been canceled too. Dynamite. Uh, we were supposed to go to Impact Rebellion the Sunday after that. That might be canceled. We're going to a bunch of like concerts and stuff like that in May. Those might be canceled. So my thought was, okay, if I can reschedule this to July, hopefully by that point all this stuff will have died down. It won't be as you know uh, widespread as it is, and it'll be under control, and more shit will be open again. Because right now we don't know. A lot of universities, uh, a lot of universities have closed. My brother's two schools have closed. It's, it's a very serious thing. So regardless of what your stance on it is and whether it's blown out of proportion or not, once one major company does it, everyone's got to do it. So I don't necessarily agree with it, but when a place like Disney World or Disneyland, I don't know if Disney World is closed down yet, but Disneyland definitely has starting tomorrow, that's when you know this shit is real. So it's really unfortunate. And um, with the independent the independent promotions and how they'll be impacted going forward, it's really a shame because a lot of people bank on that WrestleMania weekend money as income. A lot of indie wrestlers do. So with all those events canceled, they're likely being on the verge of canceled. Um, you know, you can't just not cancel it just because it's WrestleMania weekend, you know. And yeah, it's three weeks out. Anything can change between now and then. This could not be even... Not that it would be a non-story a week from now. But, um... It may have died down a little bit, and it may not be as serious from now. You know, it may not be as serious a week from now, or it could be ten times worse. We still have no idea. Only time will tell. And I just don't think WrestleMania should go on as scheduled. I really don't. Um, so we will soon see. 
But um, SmackDown is being affected. Ring of Honor's pay-per-view for tomorrow night has already been scrapped. I was going to sit here and do the predictions for the pay-per-view for the Ring of Honor 18th anniversary show. Those are already That's already been canceled. Um, AEW Dynamite for the next two weeks has already been canceled as well, or at least relocated. Um, the show for next week in Rochester, New York, has already been moved to uh, Daly's Place, Daly's Place, however you pronounce it, in Jacksonville, Florida, which is where I think they hosted their Fighter Fest show, their first show of 2020, if I'm not mistaken. It's a pretty cool little venue. It's not Rochester, New York, and that's probably where, I mean, they were advertising the Exalted One to be revealed on that show, and that might change. Because um, what would it matter if Brody Lee took off the mask and it was him and, you know, we have a reaction of only five people. Like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, the, it, it's one thing to not have a crowd for, like, an NBA game or an NHL game. For a wrestling show, that's part of the show. And, yeah, Stardom might be able to get away with that, but WWE, I just can't see them doing empty arena shows. Even at the Performance Center, they, they will find a way to fill up those that, that venue um, if you can even really call it that, to make it look like there's a lot of people in there to make it feel like, um, you know, a real atmosphere as opposed to an empty arena show for, for three weeks straight, for however long this thing lasts for. So, again, take it seriously. Absolutely, you should be. Stay safe out there. Stay germ-free. Um, it's a freaking nightmare. But, uh, yeah, with all these sports suspending their seasons, a lot of events being canceled, and uh, schools being put on hold. A lot of universities are holding online classes for the rest of the semester. Imagine being a senior and um, you know having to sit on campus doing online classes for the rest of your semester because of uh, the, the coronavirus. It sucks. It sucks major balls. So hopefully they can get this thing under control sooner rather than later and things can go back to being normal. But I just don't expect that to happen anytime soon if this stuff is to be believed. So um, it's a real shame. I'm really disappointed. And I just do think, bottom line, WrestleMania will absolutely be canceled. There is no way they go on as scheduled. Um, either they're going to come to their senses and cancel it themselves, or the city of Tampa or someone else will step in and say, listen, this is not smart. It's way worse than we thought it would be. Having 80,000 people in the same arena at the same time is not a smart thing to do. Call the thing off. Regardless of what goes down, I do not see WrestleMania 36 not not happening. I just don't see it happening on April 5th. Maybe later on in April, maybe on in May, maybe later on in May, who knows. Um, but as of right now, it is still scheduled for April 5th at Raymond James Stadium in, in Tampa, Florida. And um, I just I can't see a scenario where they go on with the show as planned. If this stuff about the coronavirus is to be taken seriously, and it absolutely should be. So that's the real story right now. With the coronavirus and how it affects wrestling and everything else, I could probably say a lot more, and I probably will say a lot more as we go along here. Um, the more I think of things that pop up, or if I stop and <clears throat> if I stop and read something on social media about the coronavirus, it seems like every single time I log on to um, every single time on I, I log on to social media, I see something new about something being canceled or something being postponed. It's an absolute nightmare right now. So, uh, again, it absolutely sucks, and I'm really, really hoping that uh, this can be contained and just eliminated as soon as possible. But in other news, we did have Elimination Chamber on Sunday, which feels like an eternity ago at this point. But quite honestly, I thought it was a solid show. I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoyed the three hours for what they were, the three and a half hours, whatever, not including the kickoff show. 
Was it a total needless and unnecessary pay-per-view? 110%. We did not need the show. It was a complete waste of time. Um, and honestly, this coronavirus pandemic had started a week ago and they had to cancel the pay-per-view. I don't think anyone would I don't think anyone would have been complaining because this show was so fucking pointless that there was no reason for this thing to be held. But that being said, for what this show was, I thought it was perfectly acceptable, albeit totally unnecessary at the same time. Um, but anyway, on the kickoff show, real quick, we had the Viking Raiders beating Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Exactly what you would expect it to be. Um, it was a fine match. Two baby faces facing off for some reason. It was whatever. Um, obviously, the Viking Raiders won. To kick off the actual pay-per-view, we had Daniel Bryan beating Drew Gulak. Great match here and easily the best thing on the entire show. Um, I didn't know how much time they would give this. I wasn't sure how much offense Drew Gulak would score over Daniel Bryan if it would be a simple squash. Slotted at, you know, second to last on the show. No one would give a shit. And the crowd wasn't overly excited for it, wasn't overly electric for it, but it ended up being a very well-wrestled, nice, you know, mat-based wrestling, technical wrestling, submission-based wrestling match. I said wrestling a lot there, but there was a lot of wrestling in this wrestling match. Um, this was great there. Gulak looked great in defeat, really enjoyed this outing a lot. Daniel Bryan obviously going over as he should have. Um, should the feud continue? I say, why not? Unless Daniel Bryan has something else planned for WrestleMania. Which you probably will or should. I mean, I, I can't imagine they're doing Brian Gulak again, just because he already beat him clean. What's the you know what's the reason for a rematch? But I enjoyed this so much, I would not mind a rematch on an upcoming episode of SmackDown. If not tomorrow night at the PC on SmackDown, so I I enjoyed this for what it was. We then had Andrade beating uh, Humberto Carrillo to retain the United States Championship. Very good match. These two always work well together. My question is. If they go ahead with the Fatal 4-Way for the United States Championship of WrestleMania, what the hell has Carrillo done to earn another shot at the title? This guy's already gotten, like, what, four or five title shots in the last, what, three or four months alone? How many how many title shots is this guy going to get before he finally wins it? I mean, he's bound to win it eventually at this point. And I'm glad Andrade won, don't get me wrong. I'm glad he's probably walking into WrestleMania as the United States Champion, which is where I would have him lose it to Angel Garza in that Fatal 4-Way. But from a booking standpoint, you probably should have had Carrillo win here because the guy has been doing nothing but losing for the most part since he showed up on Raw. Yeah, he beat Andrade a few times, but that's really about it. Ever since he resurfaced on Raw about a month or two ago, he really hasn't done a hell of a lot. Um, I know he's faced Angel Garza in back-to-back matches, lost both. He beat Andrade in that one tag team match about a week or two ago. And that was about it um, before the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. So the guy's got to get some shine at some point, and he always looks good in these matches. But the issue is that he always loses, whether it's to Andrade or Angel Garza or to AJ Styles. The guy can never win when it matters most, including here. Though it was a very good match, though, for what it was. I, I keep saying for what it was, and that's really how you could sum up the show in a nutshell, so I apologize for that. Um, but in this Elimination Chamber match, the one that followed for the SmackDown Tag Team titles, we had The Miz and John Morrison defending against The New Day, The Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. This was a lot better, honestly, than I thought it would be. I really had no expectations for this thing, but it ended up being a pretty entertaining match, at least down the stretch. Early on, it was like, eh, I mean, like, the Lucha House Party got some cool moves in, and, they, and then they were immediately eliminated. <laughs> that did not surprise me at all. Um, 
But the remaining, uh, you know, what we saw from the remainder of the matchup, specifically from Heavy Machinery, were really impressive in this match. I thought it was entertaining. They told a great story here with Otis and Dolph Ziggler, with Otis trying to give Ziggler his comeuppance. Could not. Ended up running right through the uh, chamber pod door. Not twice. I think it looked like it was twice. He ran through the plexiglass twice. One of them, I think, was already open. The door was already open. And then he went through the side panel towards the commentary table. So I don't think he went through it twice. Anyway, though, this was a, a breakout performance once again from Otis, a lot like we saw from him on SmackDown a week ago. Um, I really enjoyed this, uh, you know, as a uh, as an Elimination Chamber match. It wasn't great, but I still thought it was a good match. And the result of Miz and Morrison walking out still the tag team champions was exactly what it should have been. Aleister Black versus AJ Styles in a one-on-one no disqualification match. Um, good match, way too long, though. There, I don't think there was any reason for this match to be 23 minutes in length. That felt absolutely excessive. Um, and I thought it was good. I mean, again, I, I, I liked the match. The issue with the no disqualification stipulation was that it invited interference from Gallows and Anderson. The issue is that they were ringside the entire time. So why didn't they interfere earlier? You know what I mean? Like, they were there constantly. So why wouldn't they have interfered from the beginning of the match, from the moment the match began, as opposed to right before Aleister Black was about to win? I thought that was silly. But as soon as you heard AJ say that, oh, I'm going to have backup in my corner, Gallows and Anderson will be at ringside, they can't be booted because it's no DQ, blah, blah, blah. You had the note taker would likely make an appearance. I know we all thought he would make an appearance a week or two ago on Raw. But he did at Elimination Chamber. He helped out Aleister Black, helped him pick up the win after laying out Styles and uh, the entire OC, Gallows and Anderson. Uh, Gallows and Anderson. And then Aleister Black picking up the scraps and um, and then picking up the victory with the Black Mass over AJ Styles. So I thought the match was good. Could have been a lot better. Aleister Black really needed the win. Not that he, you know, needed it, needed it. But I don't think there was any reason to have him lose to AJ twice in a row. AJ needed more wins or needs more wins going into WrestleMania now that we know for a fact that he's facing the Undertaker one-on-one of the event. Um, that being said, though, I feel like Alistair needed this win more. I know he went undefeated for about a year, and it's not like he was on a losing streak or anything like that. But at the same time, though, if they have no plans for this guy at WrestleMania, I think he would benefit more from beating AJ than AJ would beating Alistair Black. And um, I thought for a second there they might be setting up Black and Taker versus the entire OC at Mania. It doesn't look like they're headed in that direction, unfortunately. Um, I mean, they definitely aren't. They already announced it's Taker and AJ one-on-one. The contract signing is next week on Raw. Very likely, again, from the Performance Center. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine The Undertaker doing his elaborate entrance at the fucking Performance Center? That's amazing to me. That really is astounding, but anyway. Um, I, I don't see Aleister Black getting involved in the match. This would have been the perfect opportunity to have Taker help out Black endorse him afterward, you know, by raising his hand up in the air, blah, 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 and then setting up a two-on-three handicap match for WrestleMania. I think that would have been perfect. The issue is that WWE set on having Taker in a singles match of Mania. He has never been a part of a, yeah, handicap match, but never two-on-three. He's never teamed with anyone at WrestleMania before. Let's put it that way. He was supposed to team Nathan Jones at WrestleMania 19. He probably dodged the bullet there um, because the guy sucked. But... At the same time, though, I think he would have benefited from having a partner on this show now that he's, what, 20 years or, uh, twenty years older? So, I mean, I'm a big Taker fan. We got to meet him on Saturday. Great guy. Very, very nice. 
In the ring, though, the guy is well past his prime, it's safe to say. Needless to say, his best in-ring years are behind him. And I think he really would have benefited from having someone to kind of lean on in the match. And AJ is a great, you know, um, he's a great wrestler. He's very, very good. But I don't think he's a miracle worker. I don't think he can carry The Undertaker to this five-star Matt Classic at WrestleMania. I do think he would benefit, as I've said many times before, from being a handicap match. They are definitely not going in that direction, saving for like a last-minute swerve. It is what it is. And unfortunately, it looks like Black is destined for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Uh, That's just great. Uh, For the Raw Tag Team titles, the Street Profits beating Seth Rollins and Murphy to retain the titles. Um, It seems like they can only win whenever they have help from Kevin Owens, because that was the case. That was the lesson they taught me on Raw this week, because they beat Rollins and Murphy for the Tag Team titles a week ago on Raw, which was a great moment, but it was as a result of Rollins, or rather Kevin Owens, um, interfering and laying out Seth Rollins. We saw the same thing here. And then when Owens was nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be found until after the Raw main event this week, Rollins pinned Montez Ford to win that match. I think it was Montez Ford. So um, the Street Profits cannot beat Rollins and Murphy unless they have assistance from Kevin Owens. That's the moral of the story here, folks. But I thought this was good for what it was. Um, We are obviously getting Owens and Zayn, or rather Owens and Rollins, one-on-one at WrestleMania. Speaking of Sami Zayn, though, perfect timing, perfect segue. It's pro- I probably said that because I saw his name here in the results and it just kind of triggered my uh, my thought of Sami Zayn winning the Intercontinental Championship on the show alongside Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro against Braun Strowman, who we actually got to meet as the Intercontinental Champion at the big event last Saturday. He was actually head of the, uh, head of the game and doing the fist bumps with the coronavirus going around, so he was smart. Taker did not give a shit. He shook her hands anyway. But anyway... Um, the match was whatever. It was your typical three-on-one handicap match. This is a handicap match, unlike Taker and Black versus they always see, that no one asked for, that I really did not care to see. Um, you know, Strowman chasing around Zayn for five to ten minutes. Who gives a shit? Who the fuck could possibly care? I like Nakamura. I like Cesaro. I like Sammy. The issue is that they've been booked to look like such losers over the past number of months that I couldn't get two shits about the title change here, which is really sad. I think it's great that Sami Zayn finally won his first piece of gold on the main roster, his first championship period, in over five years. NXT R Evolution in December 2014 was the last time Sami Zayn won a championship while contracted to WWE. That is absolutely insane to me. But alas, he is the new Intercontinental Champion. I don't know what direction they're headed in with him as the champion. We'll very likely find out more tomorrow on SmackDown. But I think it could be Zayn and Strowman, one-on-one of the show. With the story being, oh, can Braun, you know, get his hands on him, blah, blah, blah. A lot like Ivory and China. That's what kind of this reminds me of from WrestleMania 17, where it was very clear that China could beat the shit out of Ivory and take her championship from her. The question was whether she could get to her. And she ultimately did and beat her for the belt. Um, I do think Braun will win the belt back from Sammy, unless they go with some sort of multi-man match on the show, which is also possible. But to me, that's the lazy route. I was hoping for Braun and Sheamus one-on-one for that belt, but it looks like they're going in a different direction instead with Sammy winning the belt. Um, You know, I think Cesaro would have been cool because they could have told the story like, hey, you're not really... You know, it really all started with Sammy and Nakamura. Cesaro kind of came out of nowhere in this faction. So you could have Cesaro win. You could That could lead to a bunch of Cesaro and Braun matches, rebuild Cesaro, have him go face and face Nakamura and Sami Zayn, and have him eventually face Sheamus 
for the Intercontinental Championship. That's one way to go full circle. Um, again, I don't see them going in that direction. Obviously, they didn't. They had Sami Zayn win it here. But that's just one idea. Although it was cool to see Sami Zayn win the championship, um, that means I have to meet one more person to uh, another person across off my list of former champions I have to have signed my replica Intercontinental Championship belt. But that's besides the point. Uh, the moment was kind of cool, albeit random. The match itself was whatever. And then we had the main event, an Elimination Chamber match with the winner advancing to WrestleMania 36 to face Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship featuring Shayna Baszler, Liv Morgan, Oscar, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, and Natalya. Um, obviously, the outcome of this thing was never in doubt for a single second. And I said as much weeks ago when they announced this thing, what would the fuck was the point? What was the point of even doing this match when we knew from the get-go, from the moment Sheena arrived on Raw, that she was facing Becky for that belt at WrestleMania? There was absolutely no point. So with that being said, I know a lot of people were shitting on that main event, said it was terrible, blah, blah, blah. Now, I will say this. The timing of the pods and whatnot was absolutely obnoxious. I thought that was really, really odd for them to have Sheena tap out. I think it was Ruby, Sarah, and Natalia within seconds of each other, which is fine to make Sheena look dominant. I'm all for that. I think she became the first person ever to eliminate every person inside the Elimination Chamber. Um, the issue was that in doing so so quickly, and beating those women so quickly and as decisively as she did, we were left waiting for, what, maybe two minutes? Her jumping around the ring, and it's not even like she cut a promo, which would have been effective. She just stood around doing nothing for two minutes, waiting for the next pod to open. I thought that was really, really lazy. And it's not like it happened just once. They did it the second time. They did it the second time too, when she was waiting for Asuka to come out. She first did it with Liv, and then she did it with Asuka. That's inexcusable. How does that happen? How do you book a match? How do you lay out a match where a woman is standing around doing nothing for two minutes, waiting for her opponent to come out? Again, the fact that Sheena won and was made to look as dominant as she was, I had no issue with that at all. I thought that was actually very refreshing. For someone to be made to look as strong as they were in that match, I thought was great. How they went about it was definitely questionable. And the fact that it made it ended was also questionable too. Had it kicked off the show, that would be one thing. But to have it go on last, I thought was a bit odd. The issue there is, what do you have go on last? Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak? Probably not. Maybe the tag team chamber? Maybe. Um, it's not like that would have ended the, the show on a happy note, on a, on a high note, because Miz and Morrison, two heels, won there too. So I'm not sure. I just thought the match was very oddly booked, very oddly laid out. I was happy that Sheena went over again as decisively as she did and made her look like a total badass. The issue was that <laughs> she was standing around doing nothing for so long. So I thought that was really obnoxious and really, again, unnecessary. But Elimination Chamber on the whole I thought was a decent show, a lot better than I thought it would be. Again, not saying much because the build sucked. It was a complete afterthought compared to, you know, Super Showdown, Revolution we just had, the following, or rather the prior weekend. Um, they have WrestleMania coming up soon, so it was really an afterthought on the road to WrestleMania. Super Showdown was way more newsworthy than this show was. Yeah, we had a new Intercontinental Champion crown, which was completely random. But yeah, overall, it was a waste of time. But if you watch the show, I wouldn't say, hey, I, wa I, I wasted my time. I thought it was all right for what it was. Um, that was Elimination Chamber. I am going to get out of here early today just because I'm having a real tough time for whatever reason recording this show. Um, it just I've been really backed up today with the whole coronavirus shit. Not the fact that I have coronavirus, but um, 
you know, all the news coming out about it and everything else and have a lot of other work to do, canceling the flights and rescheduling that shit and the hotels and everything else. That's why the show's going up so late today, but and I've had to start and stop the show so many times because I feel like I'm messing up uh, constantly. So I'm probably going to wrap this up um, after giving my quick thoughts and Raw NXT and Dynamite from this past week, which I thought were all very good shows for the most part. Raw was a solid show. I thought Becky's promo to kick off the show was great. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Angel Garza was also very, very good. So a very strong first hour. The Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Flair confrontation was great. Um, then things kind of took a turn for the worst after the first hour. The second hour really started to drag with the Bobby Lashley-Zack Ryder match. A simple squash for Bobby Lashley, whatever. Drew McIntyre versus Eric Rowan um, was exactly what it needed to be. But it begs the question of why the fuck they even bother to push Eric Rowan in the first place if whatever was in his cage, which was the dumb tarantula or the fake-looking spider, whatever you want to call it, was going to get killed off by Drew anyway. What the hell was even the point of that? We had the Kabuki Warriors beat Natalia and Liv Morgan. That was a total waste. Probably setting up the Kabuki Warriors versus Natalia and Beth Phoenix at WrestleMania, if I had to take a guess. But the match itself was whatever. And then the whole Riot Squad, like, oh, Liv, Sarah, and Ruby going at it. Who gives a shit? I really don't care. Um, AJ Styles' promo on The Undertaker I thought was very good. And yeah, you might argue, oh, he's shooting from the hip, and that's why it was so... You know, you know, people think it's so great because he's being controversial, quote-unquote. It's like a pipe bomb 2.0. I mean, not really. The thing is, with this promo, yeah, using the whole real name stuff, I'm not a big, big fan of. But we've never seen it before with a guy like The Undertaker. So it's interesting. It's something different. When they do it with this guy, like... I almost said John Cena. That is his real name. But, like, they did it with Triple H in that CM Punk feud a decade ago. It was different for that time period. But if someone does it now, then it's not all that... It's not all that special, you know, because we see it so often now in WWE. Um, they do it so frequently. But here I thought it worked, and it got me more interested in the match than it was before. So for that reason alone, I thought this was a hit. Um, Riddick Moss burying once again another up-and-comer and Cedric Alexander. I mean, it's not Riddick's fault, but, like, they're putting him up against guys that are far more talented than he is and then having him beat these people clean as a sheet. And Cedric Alexander was no exception. He's already lost to Riddick Moss a bunch of times on main event. So this was nothing new because uh, I watch main event. <laughs> but uh, it's still sad to see at the end of the day. To see Cedric going out there getting beat in a matter of minutes by Riddick fucking Moss and Riddick uh, Ricochet suffering a similar fate. I think he was on main event this week. I mean, how bad is that? It really doesn't get much worse than that. Uh, we had Randy Orton. And Edge continuing their feud. And a good segment. I thought it could have been better. And they probably should have had to kick off the show. And they probably should have not announced Edge for the show. I thought it would have made for a better moment. A better moment if he just showed up and beat the shit out of Randy Orton. Um, but they had, to adver- they had to advertise it and boost ratings and whatnot. I mean, whatever, I guess. Um, but it was a great segment. Edge was absolutely heated. He did not wait in the ring while Orton, you know... Uh, uh, walked off and, and kind of slunk to the back. No, Edge went after him. He chased him out of the arena, and um, that was it. So I thought this was a very a very good segment. MVP played his role also very, very well. I thought it was a good segment for what it was. It furthered their feud, and uh, I'm looking forward to Edge and Orton at WrestleMania one-on-one, very likely in a no-holds-barred match. So then we got our main event segment, and this is really where the show went off the rails, and that second hour sucked, but this final half an hour really did not do it any favors either. 
Um, it was supposed to be, and it was, Alistair Black versus Seth Rollins one-on-one. Black went over by DQ after interference from uh, Murphy and AOP. So then it turned into an eight-man tag team match, not including Alistair Black, which was bizarre. But Rollins, Murphy, and AOP knocked off the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. So it was a pretty, you know, it was a decent main event, nothing worth writing home about, but it, it was whatever. Kevin Owens getting laid out by Rollins and his uh, band of merry men at the end of the show. A good Raw. NXT and Dynamite, I thought, were better shows this week. Um, Dynamite, again, I'm not really sure what their future holds beyond the next two weeks. Um, Blood and Guts will have to take place elsewhere, not at the Prudential Center, which really, really sucks. But um, I'm not even going to go down the results for Dynamite, to be honest with you. Um, I just thought it was a really good show overall. My focus was on the coronavirus and everything coming out about that. Um, So I really don't have many thoughts on Dynamite itself. I just thought it was a good show. NXT, kind of the same thing. That was the show I watched first. Um, We had two title matches, Keith Lee beating Cameron Grimes to retain the NXT North American Championship. Very good opener. Mia Yim and Tegan Knox both advancing the NXT Women's Championship number one contenders ladder match at TakeOver Tampa next month, assuming it actually happens. Um, They beat Dakota Kai and Deanna Perrazzo, respectively. I'm not really sure why Dakota Kai would lose. I thought that was very odd to have her beat Tegan Knox twice, only to lose to Mia Yim. Not saying that Mia Yim doesn't deserve that spot, but uh, maybe you could have her advance by beating someone else. I thought it was only fitting to have Tegan in the match and Dakota Kai. Um, I thought that was very bizarre to have Kai lose coming off her two straight wins over Tegan Knox, but whatever. The match was good. Um, Charlotte Flair showed up, laid out Rhea Ripley, which was cool. Um, Kushida was in action, attacking, or rather beating Raul Mendoza, who was later, um, I think he was kidnapped by two Lucha Ninjas, as people are calling them right now on social media. It was a lot, it reminded me a lot of that Samoa Joe angle on Impact from like a decade ago, when he, when he got kidnapped in the middle of the parking lot, and it was never explained what happened. He just came back, I think, with tattoos on his face or some dumb shit. Um, maybe that was like before or after, I don't remember. But it was, it was, it was really dumb nonetheless. So I'm not really sure where that's going. It could lead to the debut, the on-air debut of um, King Cuerno from Lucha Underground. I heard he signed many months ago, so that could be him under one of the masks. The other guy, I have no idea. Um, let's see. In the main event, the Broserweights knocking off the Undisputed Era to retain the NXT Tag Team titles. Very good match. Um, Grizzled Young Vets attempted to interfere to no avail. So it will very likely be the Broserweights versus Grizzled Young Vats at the TakeOver show, assuming it happens. Um, that should be a great match, a lot like their finals in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic were. And then finally, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa just brawling throughout the Performance Center, completely ripping up the place. I'm surprised they did as much damage as they did, but it ended up being a really, really good angle, so props to them for that, closing out the show on a high note. And that was NXT, and that was WrestleRant Radio from March 12, 2020. I really don't have much more to say at this point. Um, I feel like I messed up a bunch on this episode. Again, like I said earlier, I've had to start and stop so many times. It's just a real big off day for me personally for whatever reason. So maybe the coronavirus stuff has you know, something to do with that, you know, delaying all everything I had planned and whatnot, and just a lot of frustration in the air, nervousness, panic for a lot of people, which there shouldn't be. Um, there's no reason to panic, but you should definitely be taking this thing seriously. So again, in closing, stay safe, wash your fucking hands, uh, first and foremost, and we'll see what the status of WrestleMania is at this time a week from now. I feel like WrestleRant Radio has become a weekly update on what the future holds for WrestleMania. This road to WrestleMania is more turbulent than anyone ever before it, um, to say the least, so... WrestleMania, in my opinion, remains in jeopardy, and I do think they will not go on as planned. But we will have a better idea, I would assume, by tomorrow, this weekend, Monday, definitely, hopefully, 
anyway, by next Thursday. They could say, hey, it may not be as serious uh, three weeks from now, and we're still going to go on despite everyone else canceling their stuff so far in advance. Because that's the way that Vince McMahon rolls. But if someone steps in and says, listen, dude, you can't hold this show. It's too much of a threat to the city and the entire state you know, of Florida, then they're not going to do it. So we will, we will soon see. Time will soon tell. Nonetheless, thank you guys, as always, for checking out WrestleRant Radio. I appreciate it. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Podbean, Google Play. We're all over the place, baby. So subscribe today, rate the show, review the show. New episodes every single Thursday. Find me on the socials as well on Twitter at WrestleRant, on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Graham.Jason.Matthews, and also on YouTube at YouTube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. So until next time, guys, stay safe. Like I said, wash your hands, stay clean, stay as clean as possible, stay inside if you can, outside of work and stuff like that. Try not to go out, limit your interaction with the society because it's about to get a lot worse before it gets any better from what I can tell. Have a great one, guys. I'm Graham GSM Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road.